0: And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today is Thursday, November the 25th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Happy Thanksgiving. On November 25th, 1963, the body of President John F. Kennedy was laid to rest at Arlington National Cemetery. His widow, Jacqueline, she lighted the eternal flame, as they call it, at the gravesite. Today in 1783, The British evacuated New York during the Revolutionary War. Today, in 1864, during the Civil War, Confederate agents set a series of arson fires in New York, trying to burn it down, but it didn't happen. The blazes were quickly extinguished. Today, in 1915, a new version of the Ku Klux Klan targeting blacks, Jews, Catholics, and immigrants was founded by William Joseph Simmons. Today, in 1940... The cartoon character, Woody Woodpecker, remember him? He made his debut in an animated short film. It was titled Knock Knock. <laughs> no, he didn't ask who's there, but it was Knock Knock. Today in 1961, the first nuclear-powered aircraft character, uh, carrier, USS Inter- Enterprise, was commissioned. Today in 2002, President George W. Bush, he signed legislation creating the Department of Homeland Security, and he appointed Tom Ridge to be its head. And today in 2016, Fidel Castro, he led the revolution in 1959, he embraced Soviet-style communism. They're still driving 1960-something cars there for the most part. It was a great success. (laughs) Laugh, laugh. He defied the power of 10 U.S. presidents during his half-century of rule in Cuba. Today, in 2016, he died at the age of 90. Today is Thanksgiving. I want to talk to you a little bit about Thanksgiving, a little bit about the history, a little bit about what we can find in our hearts to be thankful about. We live in a very, very torn, a very fractured culture today. There are a lot of things that are unsettling in our world today and in our nation, in our neighborhood, always in our families, there are difficulties for many, not all, but many. In the church today, there is, I spoke yesterday a little bit about another gospel. We're hearing mixed messages from pulpits today. There are a lot of things to be concerned about, but there is There is that message that's found in Thanksgiving, and I know the secular progressives have attacked Thanksgiving as they would like to and do to some degree, Christmas and Easter and any religious holiday, Christian holiday. But the pilgrims really did come to America, and they really did have a Thanksgiving dinner. There's an abundance of history that verifies that. I want to give you just a little bit of that today because... If you look into, say, Thanksgiving or the history of Thanksgiving, you see an avalanche of dispute and undermining that it didn't happen. And the white guys gave all the Indians syphilis or whatever. But there is a story there that has been told and it used to be taught in schools. And it should be now, but it isn't for the most part. But there is a story there that shows the magnificence of God and the faithfulness of God and the provision of God and I believe the exceptionalism of America in the Thanksgiving story. It was on November the 21st, 1620, the pilgrims signed the Mayflower Compact. That was actually the first constitution, I guess you would call it, in the Plymouth Colony, 1620. Of the 102 pilgrims... Only 47 survived until spring. At one point, only a half dozen were healthy enough to care for the rest. <clears throat> they couldn't even take care of their sick. In the spring of 1621, the Indian Squanto, a couple of years ago on this program, I <clears throat> I pretty much dedicated most of the program on Thanksgiving Day to Squanto. There's quite a story there. I'm not going to tell it this year, but it's a story that stands Excuse me. It's a story that stands among stories. It's a great story. But Squanto really did appear with the in the village there, in the community. And he really was, had lived there previously before he was taken away as a slave. Oh, not by the pilgrims, but by other people. Was taken to Europe and learned English and then reappeared there. It's an, it's an amazing story. But anyway, he was among the pilgrims, and he showed them how to catch fish, to plant corn, to trap beaver. He was their interpreter with all the other Indian tribes. Governor William Bradford, he described Squanto as a special instrument sent of God for their good beyond their expectation. Those are his words. He wrote them down himself. Bradford added to that, he said, the settlers began to plant their corn, in which service Squanto stood them in good steed, showing them how to plant it and cultivate it. He also told them that unless they got fish to manure this exhausted old soil, it would come to nothing. In the middle of April, plenty of fish would come up the brook, he said, and he taught them how to catch the fish. This is Bradford. He was there. He wrote this down. He's not some professor at Harvard disputing all of this. He was a participant. In fact, he was the leader. Pilgrim Edward Winslow, he was also there. He wrote, God be praised. We had a good increase. Our harvest being gotten in, our governor sent four men on fowling. We would call that hunting pheasants in central Washington, as I did as a kid growing up or we would call it going duck hunting, or goose hunting on the Snake River, something like that. But anyway, they went fowling. That so we might, after a special manner, rejoice together, after we had gathered the fruit of our labors. They four in one day killed as much fowl as, with a little help beside, served the company almost a week, at which time? Winslow writes, amongst other recreations, we exercised our arms, many of the Indians coming amongst us and amongst the rest, their greatest king, Massasoit, with some 90 men whom for three days we entertained and feasted. What he's talking about in exercising their arms, they were playing games, they were celebrating. The left, it goes to great ends to keep this from our kids growing up. I mean, our kids never heard of this such a thing. And if you mentioned it to some kids, they said, oh, no, 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 that didn't happen. Sure it did. The guys that were participating wrote it down. It happened. He continues. He said, um, while well, they were feasting for three days, they went out and killed five deer, which they brought to the plantation and bestowed on our governor and upon the captain and the others. And although it, Be not always so plentiful as it was at this time with us, yet by the goodness of God we are so far from want that we often wish you partakers of our plenty. Bradford described the same event. He said the same things. Bradford wrote about the same event. He said, And besides waterfowl, there was great store of wild turkeys, of which they took many, besides venison, and so on. Beside that, about a peck of a peck, a meal, a week to a person, or now since harvest, Indian corn to that proportion. It's interesting, again, how they wrote down their experiences, and yet we stand today to defy them. We say, no, 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 that didn't happen. Of course it happened. William Federer has done a lot of research on this and other historical aspects of America. And I draw from some of his writing on this. He's done the research, but it's true and it's historically accurate. Historian Jeremy Bangs, he explains in his work how pilgrims thank God. Bang says our knowledge of the 1621 Thanksgiving comes from Winslow and Bradford, whom I was just quoting to you. Winslow's choice of words, he says, understood by his contemporaries, implies to us that the pilgrims gave thanks to God for their preservation and for the plenty that gave hope for the future. Winslow specifically tells us, and he was one of them, that the colonists sat down with their native neighbors and enjoyed several days of peaceful rejoicing together. It is a history with potent symbolism, and it needs neither apology nor distortion. So true. It needs no apology. That's what we did. They are so intent, the left, on making a bad guy out of Columbus and everybody else and the pilgrims and Jesus himself, as we talked about yesterday. They are so intent on bringing down the traditions and the heritage of America that they will soil and sully anything to advance their cause. But the truth stands, and we need to know this, and that's why we're rehearsing a little bit of our history and what led up to this day. When Winslow described the pilgrims' intention... He was one of them, after a more special manner to rejoice together after we had gathered the fruit of our labors. He was alluding to John chapter 4, verse 36, and to Psalm 33. The first is that he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth might rejoice together. These people were actually practicing the word of the Lord in their very difficult time. I mean, they barely made it that first winter, uh, for sure. But on November 9th, uh, 1621, 37 new pilgrims arrived from England. They were on a ship called Fortune. But it was not as good a fortune as the pilgrims that were here thought it was going to be. The joy of greeting this second group of pilgrims was quickly dampened when it was discovered that they brought no food with them, no supplies, and they didn't have any money. That's kind of like your favorite uncle showing up at your house and saying, hi, I just been thinking about you so much today. We need to move in with you because we're broke. We don't have any place to stay and we'll be here for an extended period of time. It's kind of that kind of a thing. I'm sure the pilgrims were thinking, yeah, we love our brothers and sisters from the motherland, but man, I wish they'd have brought some supplies and some food and maybe a little bit of money as well, but they had nothing. This resulted in the second winter having a starving time, is the way they put it, where at at this point, each person was rationed at one point in this, in the second year, just five kernels of corn a day. Now, (laughs) that's not much attempting to repay their merchant adventures there were people who had invested in them to go to america they had financed the trip the pilgrims filled the fortune with 500 pounds of fur but tragically the ship was captured by french pirates leaving the pilgrims in a greater debt in 1622 the friendly indian chief massasoit he became ill in fact, they thought he was going to die. The Pilgrim leader, Edward Winslow, he visited and doctored him. This is what the, the narrative says, the journal. He thankfully regained his health, which contributed to a peace that lasted about 50 years. None of this is ever taught in the classroom as history, but it is history. It's written by the people who made the history. Edward Winslow was especially grateful that Massazoit lived because the Indian tradition was if a person was doctored, as they called it, if they doctored a chief and the chief died, that person also died. But two years after the Pilgrim Landing, there was a drought. That would be existential climate crisis. There was a drought. And um, in 1623, Edward Winslow recorded in some of his chronicles, he said, drought, And the like considerations moved not only every good man privately to enter into examination of his own estate between God and his conscience, but so to to humiliation before him, but also to humble ourselves together before the Lord by fasting and prayer. Their attitude at that time was when things were bad, they would have days of prayer. When things were really bad, they would have days of fasting. And when things turned around, they would have days of thanksgiving. All of it was directed toward God is the source. God was the central theme of these people's lives, coming here to America to establish religious freedom in their lives, their culture, and their families. After the pilgrims had prayed and fasted after this second winter and and this new group of people coming with nothing to contribute, Governor Bradford wrote in his journal, Afterwards, the Lord sent them such seasonable showers with interchange of fair weather, warm weather, as though through his blessing caused a fruitful and liberal harvest to their no small comfort and rejoicing. For which mercy in time convenient, they also set apart a day of thanksgiving. But this time harvest was come, and instead of famine, now God gave them plenty for which they blessed God. And, after, and the effect of that particular planning was well seen, for all had pretty well, he said, so as any general want or famine had not been amongst them since to this day. Decades later, a Thanksgiving proclamation would be issued, oh, not by a U.S. president, but by the Governing Council of Charlestown, Massachusetts, June the 20th, 1676. The council was thought to meet to appoint a day of solemn thanksgiving and praise to God, that the Lord may behold us as a people offering praise and thereby glorifying him. The council doth commend, they said, to the respective ministers and elders and people of this jurisdiction solemnly and seriously, to keep the same beseeching, that being persuaded by the mercies of God, we may all even this whole people offer up our bodies and souls as a living and acceptable service unto god by jesus christ ben franklin even wrote about this he himself was deeply moved he said man this is this is a good thing <laughs> and he wasn't particularly religious that's a part of our history i mean that's what happened and as i said history has canceled it our current progressive so-called leadership but that's what happened, and I think we need to know that to give us, ourselves a basis collectively as a nation, but personally and individually. The story of Thanksgiving is a, is a story of struggle through those first years, a dependence upon God, but it's also a story of perseverance. The first Thanksgiving was celebrated in October of 1621, 13 colonies. At one point later on, our first president, George Washington, proclaimed a national day of thanksgiving, but conflict and difficulties, misunderstandings among the colonies ended the collective observance. George Washington, years later, couldn't even get this thing going as a regular national holiday. President George Washington recognized the importance of giving thanks to God. He said so often, as individuals and as a nation, he made a proclamation of thanksgiving and signed it. Years after the pilgrims, he said, given under my hand at the city of New York at the third day of October in the year of our Lord, 1789, he said, whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits humbly, and so on, there's much more. While there is a general observance and a celebration of the day, it is so much more meaningful, at least it is to me, to know the background and know what brought us to this point. The comments of other presidents regarding Thanksgiving, our faith, our freedom library. Why? While there was a general observance and celebration of the day, it didn't actually become legalized a federal holiday until much later. Magazine editor Sarah Joseph Hale was aware of the failed history in attempting to create a nationally recognized holiday. She worked at this tirelessly. She focused on giving thanks to God herself, but she wanted to see a collective expression of giving thanks to God. Hale felt strongly that Thanksgiving should be nationally recognized. She began writing letters to governors and presidents and editorials and magazines and books and Newspapers promoting the observance of Thanksgiving. This is one woman, Sarah Josepha Hale. In 1863, after 40 years of letter writing and campaigning, Hale's persistence paid off. President Abraham Lincoln proclaimed a national day of Thanksgiving. He, too, was a man of great perseverance and conviction. The story of America is perseverance and conviction. We persevere because of what we believe. We don't have some Darwinistic kind of worldview where we say, oh, it's just everything that we do is a means to an end, and that end is to build back better or whatever. That isn't what America is about. America is about blessing and honoring Almighty God and prospering and being blessed and blessing others. Even then, though, after Lincoln was convinced this needed to be a national holiday, it took another 78 years, till 1941, before Congress made it into a law. Since then, every president has supported Thanksgiving, perhaps not in their heart, but most have from the heart, I believe. Some say the words. It appears they're not into it that much sometimes. I won't get into that today. But it took 40 years of persistence, perseverance, and passion to make Thanksgiving a national holiday, another 78 for it to actually become a law, and 152 years from when President Washington first proclaimed it as a duty to the providence of Almighty God, the Christian faith is often characterized as a marathon, not a sprint, and this is an example of that. Whether we look back to the founding of this great country, further back to the birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, or even further back in time, the time of the prophets, we discover perseverance is the key component to faith. It is the key component to seeing God's will and God's plan come to fruition. Do not be weary in well-doing. I can only imagine there are people today, and we're going through difficult times here in America, the pandemic and all of the conflicting medical you know information we're getting from the from Fauci to whomever i mean it's confusing they don't know what they're talking about half the time i mean because they keep changing it's always a new message and it isn't just the pandemic but all of this stuff and maybe this thanksgiving because of the the lockdowns and all of this churches closed or nearly so, over the last couple of years now. Maybe during this Thanksgiving you're thinking, man, you know, I love the Lord, but what am I thankful for? I don't know. But I will tell you something, that perseverance has always been a part of God's plan and God's way. I wish it were otherwise, I would say so, but it isn't. Even back to the prophet Jeremiah there are so many outstanding examples of perseverance, and I would just encourage you today, be thankful. Turn turn your heart and your, your mind and, and your thoughts away from the chaos that's around us, and it is. I mean, it's there. But just look at God and know that he is in control. Know that he is the God that created all things. Darwin didn't discover anything except perhaps something that god for whatever reason created into life as we know it i don't know but i do know and believe with all my heart that god created it all and god is in control and god god has called particularly people of faith to persevere don't be weary in well doing and be thankful Be thankful. God has done so much for so many of us. Jeremiah proclaimed God's message of coming destruction of Judah for 40 years. Babylon had laid siege on Jerusalem. The fall of the city was imminent. The things Jeremiah had been telling the people would come to pass were beginning to come to pass. You would think people would have thanked him for telling them the truth. Oh, no. No, they kept taking shots at him. They said, we don't want to hear this. He was even accused of deserting to the enemy and demoralizing the army. In his perseverance to be faithful to God's calling on his life, he was ultimately thrown into a cistern where he stood in mud up to his shoulders, under his armpits. Rather than be put to death, as some were calling for, they rescued him. They took him out of it. and They said, Give us a message, <laughs> the leadership. And Jeremiah said, If I tell you, you will kill me, won't you? Besides, if I give you advice, he said, you won't take it anyway. There's a history of people persevering in the message of God's word, of the gospel. Person of convictions knows what he believes, where he's going, and why. History is marked from William Bradford and Winslow and others, all the way to today. Their history is marked by men and women who persevered, particularly in regards to the things of God. As we give thanks to Almighty God for his teachings and his blessings, let's remember to thank him for the people that have come before us, people perhaps that we've never heard of, who persevered and stood strong in the faith. And let's also thank God for empowering each one of us to be one of those people for such a time as this i don't know what you have planned for today but hopefully it's with people you love and by whom you are loved in all of that we do and that first thanksgiving they exercised their arms <laughs> they played games they did all kinds of stuff they had fun have fun enjoy yourself today. Have a great Thanksgiving. Watch football, eat turkey, eat three or four pumpkin pies and an apple pie and whatever. But remember, remember to persevere. Take your eyes off the world, look at Jesus, and the things of the world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Be thankful. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. We can be thankful for that regardless of the circumstances in our lives. Thank you so much for being with me today. It's always a pleasure to spend a few minutes with you as Marjorie and I give thanks for God's blessings among our thankful comments and prayer to the Lord is a thankfulness to you who support this ministry. Thank you so very much. I am grateful. I am thankful to those of you who stand with us. Thanks for being with us today. Have a great Thanksgiving. Have a great weekend. I'm going to be off tomorrow on Friday. I'll be back live on Monday. Happy Thanksgiving. God bless you.